Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MNC Bank Center for Women in Business podcast. I'm Rachel, the student engagement intern. Today's guest is Dr. Amy Peros. She is an assistant professor of management for Quinnipiac University. She joined Quinnipiac during the fall of 2015 and teaches courses in decision making, project management, organizational behavior, leadership, and sports leadership. She serves as a faculty advisor for the Bobcat Project Management Student Organization and sits on the Student Affairs Committee. Dr. Perro brings over 12 years of industry experience working as a program manager in the engineering and manufacturing aerospace industry. Dr. Perros's philosophy grows from a passion of knowledge, exploration, connected to academic theory, integrated with practical know-how and the cultivation of compassion and diversity at work. Dr. Perros trusts that success is available when we are welcomed, participate openly, embrace challenges, and continuously expand our knowledge. She uses this foundation to build a professional, respectful, and accountable environment for growth and development. So today I have a special co-host, Kaylin. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, everyone. I'd also like to welcome our very special guest, Dr. Peros. Hi, and thank you for letting me be here. To start us off, could you tell us about your background and your industry experience? Thank you for that. And I think it's important to start a little bit more personal and give you insight into why education and my students are my passion. My mom, very proudly, was a first in her family to graduate from college. And in addition to that, my dad worked as a adult student for almost 20 years of his life while balancing multiple jobs and being there for every important and in many cases unimportant events for both my brother and I. So education was a gift, it was an opportunity, and I think that when you are lucky enough to have that type of opportunity, it's your responsibility to do the best you can with it. That's where my background starts, and I've worked all different kinds of jobs. I have worked at Dunkin' Donuts, I've worked at the post office, I've worked at a movie theater. Um, As you know, most of my career is in aerospace engineering and manufacturing. It is At the time, it was predominantly a male-dominated, older male-type environment. More so, we even had meetings called gray beard meetings. (laughs) And so when you, yeah. And so when you think about that, it might make you wonder the perspective of how I kind of grew up professionally. And for me, recently I was watching one of those commercials and I saw the, if you can see her, you can be her. And I have to be honest. Even given the environment I was in, being predominantly male, um, older, uh, technical, I never thought of that because I had some intelligent, commanding, fiery, uh, great executing women around me in the organization. And so they helped me just feel like I could. In addition, I was in an organization that committed to education and development. And so I was also able to kind of continue both building my career and academically pursuing what I did was a master's of science and then an MBA, ultimately a PhD, which got me here. 
But in terms of what I did while I was in aerospace and, and how I contributed, I've been on both mainframe, kind of that fuselage aircraft, and engine programs. I've done new design, which is heavily seated in project management, uh, tight budgets, big, long, multiple year type projects, Mm -hmm. and giant test programs. It's great because you see the birth and invention of these great systems. At the same time, you're working to always solve problems. I had the opportunity to also work on the aftermarket side. So you have a lot more cash flow with aftermarket products, but you're incredibly time-based. You have hours in some instances to get an airline apart so that when we're sitting in an airport, our flight can still take off on time. Mm-hmm. And so I've had the opportunity to work with great technical products, outstanding customers, whether it was Delta, Pratt & Whitney Canada, and really contribute to a product you could see and touch and we used in our everyday life. So that is a little bit about my industry experience. Cover it? Yeah, um, I thought your background is really interesting because I remember in one of your classes, we kind of talked about how you want to make your parents proud of you because they're giving you this opportunity and so you'll work extra hard to make sure that that happens. I think you're a pretty good example of how that is into play in real life. Like you want to make sure that because you got the gift of education that you are taking advantage of everything that you can. Um, And for us, we are full-time students. I mean, we have jobs on the side, but I can't even imagine going to school, having a job, and having a family all at the same time. Like I feel like we are focusing on one and a half things right now and we're still having a hard time sometimes balancing everything. So I can't even imagine having to do all of that for multiple years. Talk about how, so you also have a family. You are a professor, but you have a life outside of school. You have kids, you play hockey, you're their coach. Um, So how do you do all of this? How do you make sure that you're showing up for your kids, but also being there to help your students and to make an impact on their lives? And I do think Dr. F and Dr. J did a great job talking about the platter and to think about balance opposed to focus would be doing it a disservice. And I think I just love it. I I love my students. I love being here and in the classroom with them. I I love hockey. Everybody knows that. It is. And honestly, I didn't know. When I came to Quinnipiac, the you know predominance of the hockey team has just <laughs> yeah. been a, a great um, matchup for me. But you know, I think finding the balance between where you can take that opportunity and do your best to make impact, right? Whether it's in the classroom or it's in a professional relationship or working with a certain client, uh, supporting students, or taking time on Sunday night after I put my kids to bed and going and playing hockey with my brother. You have to be driven. And I think it's important to know that that doesn't happen perfectly. And I always try to remind my daughter, it's okay to be imperfect as long as you are doing your best and continuously improving and doing it for the right reasons. Mm. And if that motivates you 
it makes you that much more excited to go to work or do what you're doing. Thank you for that. Um, we're, we are graduating in May, and I think it is helpful to know that if you are passionate about something, you show up to it no matter what it takes to get there, and no matter what happens in the background outside of the office, if you are passionate about it, you will show up there on time and you will stay and get you know, with over 12 years of experience in engineering and manufacturing, what made you want to um, kind of take a step down, or not really a step down, I guess I would say, but like a step aside and uh, out of the industry and move towards teaching? And kind of what brought you here to Quiac? That's a great question because students always ask, wait, you left your job to come here with us? Yeah, I, I did. I had been adjuncting for almost 10 years, and I had, like I said, this company that was investing in my continuous development, so I kept going to school. I had finished my PhD, and I had thought, at some point, academics would be my retirement plan. I would, on the side, teach. Little did I know is when you don't have a traditional nine to five, you just work in all these different creative ways at all different times of the day, and so it, it is most definitely not a retirement plan for anybody <laughs> thinking of it. But, but I had always known that I wanted to teach. I had been teaching little children, um, you know, Sunday school since I was in junior high myself. So I always knew I wanted to teach. And we had a department chair in the School of Business Management at the time, Dr. Norbus. He reached out. He, gave, he found my CV, uh, which is a resume. He reached out, he called me and said, hey, we have a nine-month visiting contract. Do you want to leave your job of 12 years and the professional career that you have worked so hard to create and come for a nine-month contract? I said no. <laughs> and then he called again. And we kept talking. And then I talked to Dean O'Connor at the time. And long story short, here I am. Mm -hmm. Eight years later, it has been one of the best decisions I've made. I was able to make it with the very supportive partnership that my husband and I have. We talked about it and he knows that sometimes I just need to make impact and I need the opportunity to connect and teach and do things different. Mm -hmm. So he said, you know what? I support you, it's your decision. And here we are. I wouldn't be sitting in this room with you two if I didn't <laughs> love my students. Um, I've had an excellent department that have been tremendously supportive, great mentors throughout the school, fabulous research partnerships, and it's been nice to just find something that was always the side passion of mine, teaching and mentoring and, and developing. At the time, it was interns and new employees and be able to take it into the classroom. I have worked for some of the best, most outstanding bosses, and I have worked for some of the worst. That would be hugely disappointing. But I will say, when I was working, and I was in those situations where I was working for the worst bosses, I knew I wanted to make it better. And at a point in time, I realized I could make it better at one company if I could carve my way out up through management and make the difference for the people that worked for me. But I was interested in how I could make a difference at a larger scale. And coming to Quinnipiac and working with business students and primarily being in the 
MBA grad program. How can I help you as students create a space where you're going to make the difference at many companies all around the world for many, many years? And so moving from my own individual perspective of success and career motivation, but being able to look at how to support students' growth, development, and impact, at a, it just seems so much bigger. Mm-hmm. And so I think while leaving a job that I worked so hard to create after a dozen years, over a decade, coming here might seem like a complete right turn to a business student mm-hmm. on the brink of graduation. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's been a huge blessing and a giant opportunity, again, going back to that opportunity, to contribute back and to make impact that is bigger than just me individually. Yeah, that's very motivational as well um, because you do make an impact on all of your students. Um, But was it a big change for you? Was it a kind of leaving your comfort zone to become a professor? I know you taught for a very long time, but becoming a full-time professor and kind of leaving that 12-year career is almost like leaving your comfort zone because you're not in that same position anymore. You're now working with students. You're dealing with not a typical nine to five. You're probably here at different hours now on different days. How do you get the courage to make that? Having a great support structure, number one. Being able to have those people you trust to talk to and let you experiment. I didn't know if this was going to work out or not because I didn't know if mm-hmm. Quinnipiac was going to have a full-time position oh. at some point in time. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take the jump, you won't ever know. Right. If you do, you might fall on your face. You may not. Mm-hmm. But what I knew coming here was that I was going to have to work every day to prove that I was able to contribute to the larger goal and mission of the school. And so. When you're going out into your jobs and you're thinking about how you do that for yourself, pick something that you can own and you can make better for your organization. And you'll start to make a name for yourself. So sure, it was super scary. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. But it was one of the best decisions that I ever made. And I'm truly thankful that my partner, (laughs) he, he supported me in that. Yeah, I can I can never imagine having to make that jump like for me personally. I mean, we we've never really had that big change yet, but you will. <laughs> I'm worried for the future now because I'm not a person that likes change. So, having to think about those decisions in the future are a little bit, a little bit scary to think about like what if in the future this opportunity comes up but it's kind of you don't even know if it'll work out what if it doesn't work out and I'm sure you've had these thoughts when you were making this decision but now we can say that it was a good decision it was the right decision but so what if it doesn't work out right so I don't know (laughs) but I mean you you see me here you know I know the people listening won't I have pages of notes and scratches and numerical systems of what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it I'm a planner Mm mm-hmm so change isn't great for me either. Mm-hmm. I'm a project manager. We try to minimize change and risk. That's yes. what we do. But so what if it doesn't work out? Okay. Sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm going to admit I eat my Ben and Jerry's or have my mac and cheese, <laughs> pick my pieces up, and 
try again. <laughs> and it's, it's not going to be perfect, and it's not going to go exactly how you want it to go, but you'll be fine because you care, you're intelligent, you have the skills and the dedication. You'll figure it out. <laughs> it won't be perfect, and that's okay. <laughs> Um, so you've had a lot of achievements here at Quinnipiac, but what are some that you've had in your past careers, but also what are some of the challenges that you face? And you mentioned you were in a pretty male-dominated industry for a very long time. What are some of the challenges you faced, and how did you overcome that to achieve those successes? So I thought about this question long and hard, mm-hmm. and I thought, mm-hmm. I'm going to have this inspirational, amazing achievement, and you're going to go, wow. <laughs> But what I actually came up with was a big failure, mm-hmm. or what I thought was a failure at the time. Mm-hmm. I remember that I was probably towards the last half of my career before I came to Quinnipiac. So the last half of my, my first career in aerospace. And there was this job moving from kind of a top-level project role into a program management role. And anyone who's taken my classes knows that program is essentially managing a series of projects. So big jump. I was qualified. The hiring manager happened to also be a mentee of my mentor. So we had this great networking connection. I got down to the top two candidates. I was feeling really comfortable. I did not get the job. And as a matter of fact, the woman who got the job Two positions ago, we sat next to each other at work doing the same work, the same types of projects. She was way more qualified. Looking back, I mean, at the time, it hurt. Mm -hmm. And again, I I had my Baron Jerry's and my mac and cheese, (laughs) and I, you know, but I knew she was more qualified. Mm -hmm. And so what I thought about wasn't the disappointment. I thought about where she was more qualified and how I could use that information to close the gap for me, further develop my career and make myself that much more marketable and better positioned to contribute to the organization. So I increased my technical skill set. I went and found a position in a totally different area than I had ever worked in terms of engineering. I moved from mainframe, like I said, to aircraft engines. And it was a bigger team, more money, and it also came with more mentorship. So in the end, I was able to find the right position, even though I was disappointed at first by losing that first job. Mm -hmm. And so when I, I tell students who are preparing for interviews and they're nervous, you know, walking into the interview, what are you gonna lose? You don't have the job. Mm-hmm. So why are you nervous? You have nothing to lose. You don't have the job mm-hmm. going in. Best case, you come out with a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think it's really important to understand when you have those disappointments, what do you do with that? Because you can't sit there and let that I, – I couldn't let that be the end of my career right. and just get grouchy at my desk forever and, mm-hmm. you know, things aren't working out for me, I needed to pivot and decide where I needed to improve myself, my skills, and how I needed to to do that in order to facilitate where I wanted to go in my career. So it's not always 
like I said, it's not always perfect. Mm -hmm. It's not always exactly how I had planned, but how do I react to that makes a difference. Yeah. I I do want to say that in terms of a good achievement (laughs) and how you carve that out for yourselves, um, I had the great opportunity and one of my most proud contributions to the work I did was in a flight simulator role where I was working in a contracts organization. So I had already had my engineering experience, but before I had larger program development experience. And I was working on contracts and noticed that there was a bunch of revenue being made by our customers in this area of flight simulators. Because of my technical experience, I knew that we had these large computers that already had to simulate aircrafts and make sure our parts worked appropriately. Mm-hmm. So I was able to take that software, bucket it up, find a way to sell it to the flight simulator organizations as prepackaged software mm-hmm. and create an additional revenue stream mm-hmm. with absolutely no initial investment. <laughs> so the company ha- our company had to do no more work, mm-hmm. but we made more revenue. And so that's always a great thing. Yeah. When you first go into your job, there's going to be a lot of people with a lot of experience. Right. But don't forget, you're seeing things for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that's, in some cases, where innovation enough to prove yourself. I think internally, we are our biggest enemies. Like, we are the ones who will always push ourselves down. We see things about ourselves other people will never see. But if we know we did our best and we know how to improve for next time, that's more than enough for anyone because no one knew what we were going through when we were going through it. And I remember you said that in class, we are our biggest enemy, so. And I think if you aren't willing to improve and grow and develop and know that we're not perfect and and how we get better every day, that's where we get, that's where we stagnate. Mm. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, we yeah. don't want to be comfortable. It's okay yeah. to work harder and try something different and know that, no, I, I was not the most qualified for the job, mm-hmm. but have a pathway to become the person who is the most qualified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of build your own road down to make sure that you get there. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great success and a big achievement aside from um, the revenue achievement that that one deserves a round of applause as well <laughs> yeah so um, kind of to end us off uh, we'd like you to offer us and our viewers one piece of advice that you would give your college self so put yourself in our shoes now <laughs> what would you maybe do different or what advice would you just offer as so I have to admit <laughs> I asked almost everybody I could this question <laughs> and I recognize that you look at faculty and expect us to have all the answers. In a lot of cases, you know, we're subject matter experts. We do have answers. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it depends. And it depends on you as a person and where you are. I think you are both much more focused, capable, and ready to go than I ever was. (laughs) Graduating. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, if I was going to impart one thing on my college self, not you, because you you both are much more ready and prepared, I would say, if you're lucky enough to have an opportunity, give it your best. And that doesn't mean perfection. 
-hmm. and that doesn't mean you're not going to fail. It means that you apply your abilities in a way that you can contribute and make real impact. And that's something you can be proud of. This is actually one of my favorite questions because you have so much more experience than we do. So when you look back at what you were like when you were in college or when you were about to graduate, you can kind of see what you did. (laughs) You can kind of see what you did during that time and reflect with the experience that you have now and what the knowledge that you have now. So I've asked this question a lot because I think as someone graduating soon, Caitlin's graduating soon as well, We can gain so much from the knowledge that you have um, going into our first job or going into looking for our first job. So it's one of my favorite questions and I think it's helpful just to have that in the back of our heads and take that with us. And hopefully someday if someone asks us that question, um, we have that good answer for them and we can help them the way that you're helping us. Well, I want to ask you that question in, I don't know, let's say three, five, seven years from now, when you're prepared to answer that question, come back and guest lecture in my class. (laughs) And so then I can ask you that question and you can share with my students how that's changed your perspective. Yeah, okay, we'll we'll hold that. We'll hold that, yeah, we'll do that. Um, But we are not gonna be as good of a lecturer as you are. So with that, Um, I'd like to thank Kaylin for co-hosting and also for helping produce this episode. She helped me with all of the audio, Um, but also a super special thank you to Dr. Peros um, for speaking with us today and also for being a professor who's really there for her students and for making a positive impact in the classroom. Thank you to Kaylin and Rachel for letting me be a tiny incremental part to what will be an outstanding journey for both of you.